you could win in APCO's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, APCO Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. APCO's Cash for Chrissy on now at APCO. <laughs> we can find instant satisfaction in almost anything these days. Sleepy? Instant coffee. Need to sell your car fast? Car sales? Instant offer. That's right. Sell your car the instant way. And get it done with Australia's most trusted site for cars. The Panel. This morning we're joined on the panel by Brad Lewis and Hamish Bidwell. Hamish has been on before, but my uh, first time talking to Hamish, which uh, I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Hamish, uh, one of the big stories of the weekend, good morning to you, of course, has been the Masters. Tiger on show, made the cut, didn't disappoint, finished 13 over. What did you make of that performance, that comeback? I didn't like it. I I was turned off by it. Um, I felt that um, a lot of the other participants were sort of relegated to bit part roles as we sort of hero worship Tiger and his amazing comeback. I think that I find him a hard guy to warm to. I don't think that he's... um, particularly likeable person and while I admire his golf and I have been astonished by the way he crushed so many rivals over so many decades um, yeah I just I think he's just a hard guy to like and I, I don't like the fact that yeah he overshadowed the tournament to a degree we were you know breathless hushed tones over every shot that he played while others were actually winning or leading the tournament and they were sort of relegated to, to secondary roles. Ah, interesting. Um, yeah, I would imagine that's that's certainly I, I would imagine not the majority opinion. But then again, I I think you've got a, a lot of points in there as well because there is a hell of a lot of fine golfers on show, um, and it's not really now that Tiger's actually finished and walked off the course, Hamish, that we can appreciate uh, the efforts of one Scott Scheffler. Again, that's slightly a shame. It's a bit underwhelming for him to sort of. He's not a particularly charismatic or well-known or heavily followed sort of a golfer. I have to admire what he's done. It's a hell of a hard tournament. There's so much scrutiny and pressure. The course itself is difficult, and that's good to see. It's nice to see professionals battling a bit, as we do on the weekends. Um, but, yeah, it's it's the whole tournament, which I've been looking forward to for a long time, has left me a little bit, bit cold this time. Okay, interesting. Brad, what about your thoughts? Well, I mean, in terms of Tiger the human, it's really none of my business what type of human he is and what he does off the off the um, off the course. I mean, Steve Wall wasn't a particularly nice person, but he was a great cricketer to watch, right? So, for me, like as not a hardcore golf fan, I've been interested because Tiger Woods has been playing, and it's you know that's just the, the man he is. He's one of the most popular sports people and, and he's you know barriers that he's broken and um, his high profile it's um it brings people to the game and uh yeah sure he's, he's been mediocre for the last two days but you have to admit you know 18 months ago he was told he could lose his leg and so uh get around the course and play play good golf um for, for at least a couple of days i think it's highly commendable and as i said like it's none of my business what sort of person he is. I'm, I'm in there to watch him play golf. And yeah, he's taken the uh, attention away from others, but it's Tiger Woods. He's, he's one of the greatest sports people of the last 50 years. Okay, let's uh, look at uh, UFC, Brad, and uh, look at Alexander the Great, Alex, Alex uh, Volkanovsky. Dominant win yesterday, um, I think, which was expected, was it? It was flawless, Smithy. And, like, we now have to start considering this guy as the greatest featherweight of all time. The only person in that conversation is probably Max Holloway, who he's beaten twice, uh, once controversially, but in my opinion, he still won that fight. 
he's been a who's who. He's been in all the leaders and the best guys, uh, the best featherweight, aside from Conor McGregor, the best featherweights of all time he's been. So uh, now it's sort of, um, so it's really up to him. There's three or four young fellas coming through. Arnold Allen destroyed Dan Hooker a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think he could potentially be next for, for Volk, but... Uh, when he, you know, I think the U.S. public needs to start giving this guy credit. He is a phenomenal fighter. He's probably one of the top five pounds for pound in MMA right now. Flawless performance uh, yesterday and a flawless performance against Brian Ortega uh, last year. The guy's on another level to any other featherweight on the planet right now. Um, and it's kudos to Joe Lopez's coach and the Eugene Beaman and the CKB guys as well because he spent a lot of time working with them. And just another example of... Australasian mixed martial arts uh, taking over the world, and I think we'll have another champion later on this year in Qatar, France. Uh, it's um, it's 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 time that we need to start recognizing these guys, and 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 you know, specifically from a U.S. point of view, because Volk didn't get a lot of love yesterday. And I just don't understand that the guy's an amazing fighter, and and he's in his prime, and he's one of the best in the world. So on the uh, uh, that's uh, the undercard as well, Brad. What are, what did you notice? What impressed you on the undercard? Uh, Ian Gary is a guy to watch out for, Smithy. He, um, he's in the mold of Conor McGregor. He's a Conor McGregor fan. Uh, he's, he's grown up wanting to be a mixed martial artist after sort of being introduced to the sport um, by his dad watching Conor McGregor fight. Uh, he was highly impressive. I think he's got the potential to be a, a breakout fighter. But Hamzat Chmaev and Gilbert Burns, potentially one of the fight of, fights of the year. Um, Chmaev, um, he hadn't looked human in his first four or five fights, Smithy. He only spent about six minutes total cage time in four years of fights. Um, but Gilbert Burns took him to, the, to, to another level. That was a phenomenal fight, but Jamai got his hand raised and is now moving on, particularly to a, a lot-to-weight title fight later in the year. Hamish Bidwell with us uh, as well. And uh, Hamish, uh, three in a row for the Warriors. Is it time to get excited? I'm a bit torn on that. Like, it's commendable that they won. It's a bit of a mid-table struggle. to a clash that they won on the weekend. All right. I want them to lose, if I'm honest about it. I'm not particularly impressed with Nathan Brown. I don't like where the club's heading culturally. I think they're signing, or they have some guys already on the books of slightly dubious character. They've got Dylan Walker coming next year. As I mentioned the other day, they had a, a strong dart for Jack DeBellin, who I sort of have some misgivings about being in the NRL full stop. So I don't I don't really mind what they're doing. I was sort of hoping that they would lose because the only way to get change anywhere is for things to sort of become, well, for teams to be embarrassed into changing or shamed into it. I sort of think as long as they sort of stumble along, they get a few wins. I mean, they're in that sort of 7 to 14 bracket of teams in the comp for me. They're not, if they make the 8, I guess that'll retain Nathan Brown's job, but I'd like to see change. I just, I don't think he's an elite coach. I think they've got holes on their roster. I commend their effort um, against the Cowboys. That was good, but uh, I, I'd prefer them to lose, if I'm honest about it. Okay, interesting. Um, Brad, uh, what about you? Uh, are you uh, genuinely in behind the Warriors as opposed to Hamish? Well, you know, I kind of have to um, uh, sort of keep some form of uh, neutrality. But, like, yeah, look, I, 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 I like Hamish. I thought um, I commend them for their performance. Um, are they a top eight team? Uh, barely. Uh, but, um, you know, they've been probably the three worst teams in the competition aside from themselves and lots of the Dragons and the Titans who could be sort of four or five on that rank. So, uh, look, um, 
I, Nathan Brown for me doesn't convince me either, but I'm not, I'm not hoping they lose every week. I've been a Warriors fan since 95. I've been to plenty of games, uh, and I thought the performance was really good. I think it was a breakout performance for Chanel Harris. I don't think that um, Rich Walsh has quite hit a stretch yet, and when he does, we could see some magic there with him and Sean Johnson. And I think we need to give some kudos to Sean Smithy because a lot of people weren't particularly impressed um, with his his comeback to the club, you know, sort of moving back, but he's, he's clearly developed um, his maturity and he ran the cutter um, for a majority of that game. Warriors were on the back foot for a lot of that game and I think his his, his head got them through it and um, it was the ugliest, nicest drop goal of all time, getting that golden point drop in. I think Sean deserves some credit. We credit his due for a mature performance, which we, we hadn't really seen from him um, in his previous stay with the club. It is Hamish Pitworth and Brad Lewis with us this morning. They'll be back with us. Uh, hopefully we're going to take a, a news break right now here with Araha. And when we come back, uh, let's talk a, a little bit of rugby, shall we? And a little bit of post-match uh, interview, if you like. The panel. Uh, Brad Lewis and Hamish Pitworth with us at the moment. I can tell you uh, that uh, Scott Scheffler, uh, Scotty Scheffler, has just hit, hit his T-shirt well right on 17, but he doesn't have to panic. Uh, he has five shots uh, ahead of his nearest challenger, uh, Rory McElroy, who's already in the clubhouse. So five shots uh, with two holes to go. Looks like a, a bit of a done deal there. Uh, Hamish, well, it's been a week since we uh, we saw the end of the Cricket World Cup. Uh, I just wonder how quickly New Zealand cricket will react to to uh, what happened there and, um, and perhaps make a move, bearing in mind the Commonwealth Games are only, what, uh, four months away. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what they do there. I don't think there's enough public scrutiny on that team which won't put any pressure on New Zealand cricket to act, particularly decisively or emphatically. Um, I thought in the circumstances that the White Ferns' performance was frankly pathetic. Um, they had every advantage, every opportunity to do well in that tournament. Now, you can say that how it finished up, they probably finished where they are. You know, they're about six out of, out of eight, they're probably of that standard. But given the circumstances, the home conditions, the opportunities and matches they had to win and couldn't close it out, I was pretty disappointed. I'd love to see, and I have some bias there because I, I played cricket with him for a long time. There's a guy, Lance Dry, that coaches the Wellington Blaze. Now, he's, he's a real thinker on the game. He has some really high standards. He builds good teams. He hasn't had a lot of exposure at domestic level yet. This is his first year with the Blaze, having been a Firebird assistant coach prior. but. I think he's the sort of guy who could invigorate a team like that, who could demand some standards. You're not going to get far with women's cricket teams ranting and raving, I understand that, but Lance knows that too. And I just think if they take someone from within the sanctum who's already there, like a Jake Gordon, for instance, and make them head coach, I don't think you're actually gaining a lot or making huge strides. Um, I'd like to see New Zealand cricket actually treat the White Ferns with the respect and the media too, the respect they deserve. We sort of give them a well done, nice try, hard luck, better luck next time sort of treatment. And I, I think they deserve better than that. I think we should demand better than that. And I think that they have an opportunity, yeah. talent-wise, to do better than they are. And I'd like to see that happen. Oh, I actually concur with you greatly on that. Oh, I think that um, with um, with your desire, Hamish, to to get uh, parity in terms of coverage and all that sort of thing that comes in it, and, and in the end, money, uh, conditions, etc., uh, I think that that does uh, all of a sudden uh, you're obliged to actually cop relatively regular criticism if things don't go wrong. And in the past, we've we've sort of shied away from that, haven't we? 
Well, there was a, I forget the game, for instance, off the top of my head, but there was some dopey running, and you said that in commentaries, and that's actually not good enough. And, and that was sort of out of character, because no one ever really says things like that, or states an honest opinion for fear of being called a misogynist or negative or whatever you like. It's, it's always too supportive, too collegial. Yeah, I, I totally agree, and uh, I, I think the time has come, and, and all our women's sports, which are gaining parity in terms of their coverage, uh, that becomes a factor, and we'll see if it does. Um, uh, of interest to me, uh, that turnaround performance, uh, by the way, Brad, of the Phoenix, they got two hidings. They win 4-1 over the weekend. They're not far away from being um, from playing at home. The first uh, team of, of our franchises over in Australia to get some home treatment all of a sudden. They must be so looking forward to that, and I, I kind of think they'll get well supported. Oh, I think they will. Especially look, they've been so Jekyll and Hyde this season, right? Like they had that sort of two-month run where they were unbeaten and they looked great. Then those two big losses in a row. I know you've what nine, ten players that were unavailable for those two games, and Louis Fenton got injured as well. But look, I think Griffith Talley's done a great job every year since he's been coach. They've been predicted to be a wooden spoon, and he's got them in or around the playoffs and all of his seasons. And I think they're definitely a playoff team this year. I think they're a team that no one's going to want to play in the finals if they have their full strength today. Oli Sale's been great in goal. He leaked some goals recently, but was hardly his fault with what was going on in front of him. But I, I, I like what they've done, and they deserve good crowds. Really. I think they've played really good football this year for the most part, and some good young players on that side. A couple of really good experienced players, I think, working at the back um, as, as hard as from the same Man United players has been quality. He has been quality, and yeah, I, I, I've enjoyed watching them play this year. Um, the results have been weird, with it, you know, but I think this is an out there because they had nine, eight, nine players unavailable for those two games. Hamish, you've been to uh, a zillion press conferences. You've done a, pre- a, a zillion interviews yourself. Uh, we saw one at the weekend uh, with Adi Savier. Um, and uh, in the throes of uh, that narrow loss to the Crusaders. Um, and, and incidentally, he got a headline. Um, Artie's, Artie's comments gets a headline, which makes, uh, I guess makes it so unusual for a guy to speak as frankly as he did. What, what did you make of this, this whole saga? Well, first I commend you for coaxing those comments out of him. Did you see it before you started that he was going to say something interesting? I could see the look on his face as he was walking towards me. That's all I went on, mate. Yeah, I mean, so that's, to me, I think the incident itself, the line-out, I mean, if there's something that I would talk about in the aftermath of that, it'd be perhaps the decision not to kick for goal. Um, mm. In terms of the, the, the line-out and Scott Barrett's part in proceedings, I, I thought it was a bit of a nothing. Um, I wouldn't be getting that hot and bothered about it if, if Artie hadn't said anything. You know, I, mean, I think that was the thing that drew attention to it or has made it something, I think. Good defensive line out from the Crusaders and well done. They closed the game out. I, I do think on a broader level, I I like Artie Savier as a leader. I like him potentially as a captain. I can remember years ago uh, talking to Waitomono about him when she was still a Ferns coach and her eldest had gone through school with Artie and played rugby with him all the way through. And she said, Hamish... He's a really impressive footballer, but he's he's better as a person. He's a real leader in his community. And I, we get a bit white bread in rugby. We default to Anglo-Saxon guys as captain. I, I'd like to see Artie perhaps as a permanent All Blacks captain. And I think he may rue whether he kicked the line or kicked the goal, but I think in terms of what he said afterwards, I thought that was that was leadership to a degree, and I, I think it would have resonated well with his players. And I, I, I like to see him down the track, as I say, as an All Blacks captain. 
Yeah, and it's uh, refreshing, actually, quite refreshing. That uh, I think that's one of the reasons it got a it got a headline out of it. Uh, Brad, uh, you've done a lot of uh, that kind of work as well. Uh, what did you make of um, the aftermath of, of that? Uh, and by the way, would you have kicked for goal, Brad? Uh, look, I think with the Hurricanes around, right, they kind of needed the victory, but I mean, I guess you'd have to ask a Hurricanes fan that, right? So, uh, look, I, I can see Artie's, Artie wants, he's a winner, like, through and through, right? So, for him drawing, I think, was it Anton Oliver once said, all that crap, and I'm not here to draw test, I'm here to win test, and uh, I think Artie probably felt the same way um, in that game, and I don't, I don't particularly have a big problem with it, um, that they're trying to um, advance their position and, uh, and beat the best team in the comp. Uh, and I agree with Hamish, like, it's debatable whether or not were penalties there. I mean, one side of the coin you can say yes, the other side you can say no. But I, I agree. Refreshing comments. Um, he handled it to be really well. Yeah, I, I, I like Artie Stavio. I like what he brings to rugby. He brings honesty and he brings brings like a sense of realness, right? Like everything that comes out of his mouth, you feel like he means it. And that's it's not the same stuff after everybody gets full credit to the opposition or disappointed with the way our set piece went. Like he'll actually tell you his true thoughts on the game. And I, I like it. And um, yeah, all that captain, man, I can I can see that as well. I think he's definitely in the leadership group, right? So um, I wouldn't have a problem with that as well. I just like what what he's made of. I think he's he's a he's a leader through and through, hundred percent. Uh, hey, Mitch, just uh, finally the battle um, at 10 again is going to rear its ugly head very shortly for the All Blacks. Bowden Barrett looked particularly uh, good on Saturday, uh, but um, one of my colleagues has uh, is, is continued to ask throughout the season, where is Richie Moonga? Uh, when is the Richie Moonga standout performance coming? And he was a little bit, uh, I think a little bit of shy of that as well at the weekend. Yeah, I think for everyone's sake, they just need to go with Barrett and, and put any debate to bed. I think they did him a terrible disservice in 2019 by shunting him to fullback. Uh, it was his time having served an apprenticeship under Carter to lead it into a World Cup to take ownership for a campaign, and he didn't get that opportunity. Um, I think he's done well in some respects to stick it out. Uh, I think a lot of guys of this character than Bowden would have bailed. They would have said, oh, you've stuffed me around, I'm off. Um, but he, he has stuck around Mwanga is underwhelming at the moment, and he hasn't convinced, despite his previous years of great super form, he hasn't convinced on the test, test stage, and I would, I'd give it to Barrett. I'd say, look, let's take any debate out of it. It's your team. You lead it. You take responsibility for the results, and I think that would give everyone some certainty, and I think it would allow Barrett to play with a, a level of confidence that perhaps he hasn't had. I think that the debate has undermined both players. Um, I know you want to have contestability. I know you want to keep incumbents on us, but I actually think they've undermined the confidence of those guys. I think a team has to have absolute clarity and certainty that it's his team and he's running the show and I think the way that's been managed has been pretty poor and undermined both guys as I say. Well, Hamish Bidful, Hamish Bidful has been fantastic this morning, some very forthright thoughts, uh, as has uh, Brad Lewis uh, on the panel, so I thank you guys for your participation uh, and look forward to chatting you, uh, to, to you again. Uh, on the panel. We'll have another one the same time uh, tomorrow morning. A lot of fun, that one. It's- when making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.